Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Jake Stein, the co-founder and CEO of Common Paper, a structured contract platform. Hi, Jake. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, Ari. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Jake, tell us about your background and the genesis of Common Paper. So before Common Paper, uh, I co-founded two software companies. One was called RJ Metrics. Uh, it was an analytics company. And one was Stitch, data integration company. And lots of lessons learned across both those great experiences. Uh, but there was one part of both those journeys and, and also at the, the companies that acquired them that was really a, a recurring frustration for me, which was around our, our contracts with our customers. And when we're first bringing a customer on board, we really thought that it ought to be an exciting time. They're shared vision. They've got a problem. We've got a solution. But way, way too often, we ended up sort of getting in a fight with them. And there's the debate over whose contract template to use. There's the tossing the red lines back and forth with Microsoft Word attachments to email. And it just took really long. We had no long, ha- we made it tough to forecast our sales cycle. And then finally, after we did get the contract signed, we actually had to do all the stuff that we promised in those contracts. And it was really hard to keep track what we promised to who, what all the special terms were, notice, and liability, and response times for support. And after just seeing that repeat over and over again, the thing that dawned on me was that in the rest of our job, we were working with these huge data sets you know, gigantic databases where you could sum up a billion rows in a database and get an answer in a couple seconds. But then we wanted to find out who do we have marketing approval for to, to use their logo on our website. We had to read through a thousand PDFs in a Dropbox folder. And just that, that dichotomy there was really genesis of Common Paper. And the big picture vision that, that came to us was that these contracts are actually interfaces between companies and they have data in them and they prescribe actions And we have a better model for these kind of interfaces from other parts of software. And that's the the API and application programming interface. So that was the big picture vision behind Common Paper. And that's what we're working on making into a reality. Why has contract lifecycle management become such a popular trend? Contract lifecycle management is definitely a place that we're, we're close to. And when we think about some of these problems that I was just talking about, both like in the delayed and unpredictable sales cycles, the adversarial nature of some of these negotiations, the figuring out what are the obligations you have and, and to who, that's really the promise of CLM, of contract lifecycle management, is to, to solve those things. We have sort of a, of a different angle of attack of the problem compared to some of the traditional contract lifecycle management folks, where we're much more narrow and much deeper. So it's not so much that we're going to take all of anybody's bespoke custom contracts for their real estate lease or their marketing partnership or anything else and work and be collaboration on top of that, but rather we'll create standards for these high volume, commonly used agreements and commercial contracts, use those standards to have structured data from inception, and then leverage our software to turn the structured data that's built into the standard contracts into an API to both make things much easier and more automated for the humans, but then also turn the data into APIs and make it programmatically accessible for systems that need to interact with it. What's involved with 
turning contracts into APIs. It's like, this is the thing that I think about all the time. And it's, it's easier said than done. So I'll maybe answer that question in two ways. One is sort of what happens once you achieve success there and, and these contracts are APIs. And it's worth just thinking about what are all the different teams and systems at a company that need access to the data inside contracts. So your accounting system and your accounting team needs to pull the information out of your contracts to generate your revenue and your costs for your procurement contracts. The support team and customer success needs to know, you know what were the SLAs promised? When is the renewal? Things like that. Product development needs to know if you know, certain features or integrations were promised. Sales needs to know so they can benchmark for future agreements. That there's all these different things that depend on the information inside those contracts. And normally, when one of those teams needs something, someone needs to manually fill something out when the contract is generated, or you need to build a very complicated bespoke thing into your own bespoke contracting process. And for us, what, what we're thinking about is that for these, these commonly entered into agreements, things like the NDA, an MSA, a DPA for GDPR, there's a lot of reasons why a standard contract is better than a totally bespoke agreement. And when you get into what you can leverage when you have that standard contract is that there's a common data model across companies. So we can build one integration and then all the accounting systems in the world can access the data inside the contracts of our customers. So that's, again, it's only possible when you have a standard contract and you have a software that plugs into the structured data in those contracts. And that's like one of the, the benefits you get out of a standard contract, but it empowers that, that API that can be integrated with all these other systems. How do you persuade people to use a standard contract rather than a bespoke agreement that's generated by an attorney? This is something that we get asked all the time. And one thing I want to be clear about is that in no way, shape, or form are we saying that attorneys are not necessary or you know, go fire your attorney or anything like that. And we recently closed our seed round of funding and we did it on the, the NVCA, the National Venture Capital Association. They have model financing docs and we use those. And you know, I certainly couldn't have done that without our attorney. But you know, one of the benefits of using the standard contract rather than something that was totally bespoke was that both our attorney and our investor's attorney had used the standard contract a dozen times plus before. So neither side was reading the contract for the first time. They had a call. They figured out, okay, there's a handful of things that we're going to debate over. But the vast majority of this agreement is sort of the, the industry standard boilerplate that we can just sort of take as given. So just that efficiency for both sides and most solutions around contracts are trying, thinking about how can I give more advantage to my side? How can I make my side more efficient? Standards are unique and they're the only way that you can make the other side more efficient. Additionally, one of the, the biggest taxes on any legal team is how often they have to use third-party paper. Everybody always prefers to use their paper and they're sometimes a bit of a power struggle and someone wins and someone loses. But if you're using a standard, then your paper is not necessarily perceived as third-party paper by the other side and vice versa. You're each adopting an industry standard. And we've, uh, we recently heard from one of our customers that has great metrics on this, that after deploying common paper, they were using third-party paper, their customer's paper, 40 47% less often. So that was a huge efficiency gain for their legal team. It made sales cycles faster for their sales team. And it also just made it a less adversarial relationship with our customers. So yeah, that, that's a handful of reasons. The, the other piece is that our standards are generated 
by this committee of 35 attorneys that have a really diverse set of experience. Some of them are in-house at big companies and small companies. Some of them are at big law firms. Some of them are at small boutique firms and specialists. So the agreements have kind of been pre-vetted and we've invested such a huge amount of time and energy into them that they already are set up to kind of reflect industry best practices, middle of the road, road, plain language. So it's a really great starting point that you can then work with your attorney to customize and turn the dials on. Are there specific types of matters or sizes of transactions for which this approach is most appropriate? Yes, absolutely. And it's actually like a good question to ask anybody, like where, where does the solution that you're pushing not make sense? And so we, for our company, we've identified an initial target market of B2B software companies that have a price point of somewhere between $20,000 a year and $200,000 a year. In reality, we've seen our software used beyond that. Can use the agreement for click-through transactions. It can be customized for that. Uh, You can use it for much larger transactions, but this is kind of our sweet spot for most of our early adopters where they use it. A lot of the things that are where it's not appropriate are where we just don't have a standard transaction, uh, excuse me, a standard contract for yet. So we released the, the NDA and the cloud service agreement first. There's lots of things like professional services agreements or data licensing agreements that we just don't have a standard yet for. And so we're obviously not a fit. And realistically, excuse me, if you're in a completely different you know, non-technology industry, let's say you're in construction, we just don't have the agreements for you yet. So we're not as good of a fit, although potentially everybody can use an NDA. Who is your most common target market? That sweet spot for us is those B2B SaaS companies. And typically it's people that are in the mid-market or early stage. So we have unicorn multi-billion dollar companies using it. There's a handful of places where public companies have used it for procurement. But the sweet spot for us is really, we think about you know series B, series A, and seed stage companies. And especially those in, like I said, that, that B2B software as a service where they have some traction or maybe they're just starting to sell the software their product, they have a sales team, they maybe have their first in-house attorney, or maybe they're still working with outside counsel. But this, that's really where we've seen a lot of people have success and improved efficiency. And again, giving them more, more time on their paper because our paper is a standard rather than something that's totally bespoke. What standard agreements do you see coming next? Two that we're working on right now that we're pretty close on are SLA, which can be used in, it's a service level agreement, can be used with the cloud service agreement for uptime and things like that. There's also a a DPA, a data processing addendum for GDPR compliance and other data privacy. And then those are the two that are in our committee right now and they're coming towards the end of the committee process. We have a few candidates for what the committee will pick up next. And the general guiding principle is we're focused on commercial agreements in software and technology, we want to really nail, nail that problem, both on the, the agreement side and, and the software. And yeah, one other thing I should mention is that all of our agreements, the ones that we've built so far, the ones we're about to release and ones we will release in the future, they're all released under Creative Commons. So anybody can download them in any format they want from our website, use them without pay, paying us a dime. You know, you're welcome to use it in conjunction with the software or just pop it into your own tools and technology as well. But yeah, that's what's coming out. And uh, yeah, I invite anybody to, uh, to take them for a test drive. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Jake Stein, the co-founder and CEO of Common Paper, a structured contract platform. Jake, thanks so very much. Thank you, Ari. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit reinventingprofessionals.com 
or rekaplanadvisors.com to learn more.